Good evening. Hello. Welcome along to the Mackham Football Show. Today, you can see I'm joined by Paul Wilson from RWA. And Hello. Hello. And Jacob Aveyard from Jacob Aveyard, Yorkshire Mackham. How are we doing? Good evening. <laughs> good evening. We're doing good evening. Lovely. <laughs> I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Good, mate. That's fantastic. So... Uh, international break is done and dusted. Are we a little bit relieved? Yeah, I mean, I'm over the moon. <laughs> England are just shit. Can we just accept we, that England are shit? We can accept that international football is not our forte and the entertainment level, although there has been a lot of goals in those games, the investment yeah. from me, at the very least, was not really there because I'm not interested in half the team. Nah. If there was more Sunderland players involved, if there was more Mackhams there, maybe I'd have more interest in the international games. But, yeah. There's not many Newcastle players, is there, in the England squad, really? So, it's mainly City players in it, Chelsea, Arsenal, really. No, well, there's literally but, no Geordies, yeah. but there is two Newcastle players in the squad now, Wilson and... Somebody else, I can't remember. Trippier. But beyond that, no. Uh, not many there. Uh, SAFC Uploads, welcome along. Thank you for tuning in live, you little legend. And Acacia's here. Evening. Good evening. I can see. Uh, so, yes, whilst we're recording this live stream, we are watching the um, the Leicester, Southampton-Leicester game, and there's also the whole Coventry game happening at the same time. They've just hit half-time. Leicester are... Winning against Southampton 3-1 and Coventry are beating Hull away from home 1-0 as well. So we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, ben Brown, welcome back. Wow. It's been a while since I've seen you, mate. Welcome. Uh, yeah, so this this one, we're really going to talk a lot about our signings, the absolute nightmare that it <laughs> potentially creates for Tony Mowbray. Uh, Mowbray? Tony Mowbray and the upcoming game. So... First things first, out of the last-minute signings, which one for you is the biggest surprise? Jacob. Oh, biggest surprise. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe Pembelli and Timothy, maybe. Timothy, Pem Timothy Pembelli is the same person, mate. Yeah, Pembelli and... Ouchie. No, no, Adil, nobody really knows how to say his surname properly yet because it's not been on the microphone. <laughs> so, um, just call him Dave. Just call him Dave, yeah, let's go. Fre French Dave. Adil is his name, and you can Adil. just call him Adil. Yeah, yeah, we call him, French Dave works too, but I, I, I don't mind that. He might, but he can't tell us off, can he? Um, Uploads are saying Pembele. You're saying... Are you saying Adil or are you saying Pembele as well? Uh, is that me or is that Paul? That's you. Because you, you said both. Uh, I want one name. We want one name. Pembele. Pembele. Okie dokie. And is that because of the fret, the PSG link? Or was he was he the PSG or was he the Lorient player? I can't remember. Yeah, he was PSG. He was um, Pembele. Pembele. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Perfect. So the PSG man, we've had one from the PSG last season, so it's consistent, I guess, with that. What about you, Paul? What are you saying? Mine is uh, Mason Burstow. Oh my God, you stole mine! 
<laughs> so you know nice. what, I'm Do you know what, actually? I think I'm changing it to Burstow now. I think I'm changing it. I think Burstow, out of the four that's come in, is most... Mm, Russian's most likely to come into the first team squad, but Burstow, I think, will burst on the scene. Sorry for the sorry, sorry for so sorry for that. But oh fuck's sake, come just don't don't go into comedy. I mean, it's just a dad do, jo- it's dad jokes all over. I can laugh at anything and I can make something sound horrible but corny at the same time. You'll love it, really. Um, yeah, I think Burstow has a lot of potential, and I think the way he wants he wants to prove himself to be a Premier League player, right? And he knows he's got it in his head that he knows that um, Chelsea are not going to provide it from that, that that this season, even though they're struggling at the minute. And he wants to burst in and break through the break through the ranks at Chelsea. And for him to do that, he's realised getting loaned out to a high flying, big potential Championship team like Sunderland is the best thing for him. So. I don't mind if we get a couple of loanies. It's just becoming reliant on them. That's my, that's my main concern. Um, in terms of first of all, the only loan we've got. Yeah, he's the only loan we've got this season. We had like four, or five last season, and they were all those, all four or five of those were in our first team week in week out. So we were heavily reliant on the likes of Ahmad last season and um and Mishu and uh, and play, play, people like that. That we just. There was no. I think with Ahmad it's a little bit different because I think he will gladly, if the money's right and if the contracts are right, he would gladly play for us any day under the sun. But the likes of Mishu's not. That's not going to happen. Um, you're going to have a couple of loanies that'll come in, do their job, and and naff off. Gelhart's another prime example. Um, so yeah, the fact that we've only got one side, one. Loney this season is huge. Everybody else is a Sunderland player. They, <laughs> they they've signed their future to our club. I, I I'm okay with one Chelsea star trying to break through. Out of the full time signings, though, Rusian. What do you think? What do you think of that man? I think he's got potential. We just got to give him time, like a lot of the other lads. Give him time. A lot of the young, he's young in and you know. You do it for all players really give them time, but especially if they're fairly young, you've got to give them time and they'll shine through and hopefully do the best they can. Yeah. So, so what what about you, Paul? What are you thinking on, on Roosian? To be honest, I'm actually looking forward to seeing him, actually. You know, I, I have seen a couple of clips of him. Um, and, well, boys. You know what he's doing in training as well, but um, well, like about it, actually, uh, I know we're going off from here, but yeah, um, what Morbis said about um, Mason, uh, uh, during training, actually, nearly every kick he's done, mm-hmm. the ball has actually gone in the net. <laughs> Perfect. Well, oh, I, I like the sound of that. It's just. Is he going to be as efficient in a real game scenario with a crap ton of fans around him? I kind of feel, I kind of feel like Mowbray has a very very difficult job now. Um, hello, Mister Doofus. Uh, <laughs> you know what to do if you want to join in. Uh, we we are we have got an eye on the Leicester Southampton Leicester game in the background as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's 
interesting that Southampton is struggling all of a sudden and uh, Leicester are flying, so good to see you. I, with that in mind, actually, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail later on, but do you know how the three relegated teams are odds-on favourite with this league table here? You can nicely see it. You've got Leicester, Southampton and Leeds that were odds-on favourites to go straight back up. Leeds have started to crumble already. Southampton absolutely getting slapped by us and now getting beat by those potential promoted teams as well. Um, do you think our chances of reaching top two have absolutely massively increased because of that? I don't know that that was the the speakman's message for our um, the 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 whole buying players this this time around rather than um, getting loanees. His his aim was, or his public aim was, to say we, we we should be aiming for top two. I think we're we're likely to achieve that now without the other teams are starting to struggle. Mm, no, no, because it's still early days, and Southampton and Leeds can pick up, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I still think we'll be top six, but and I'd love to do top two, but okay, you know. I, I do, yeah, I, I I agree to that to some degree, but I also think the Southampton are throwing money at things that are not working. Leicester are only the the only team in that in those three that have come down that have they've not they've got rid of some of the big money players, but they've not really overtly splashed the cash. They've kept they've maintained a lot of good quality in their team. Rather, they've been consistent essentially. Um, whereas Southampton, they've pretty much completely revamped their entire squad. Do you not? Do you not think? Yeah. Do you not think that could be a big factor? Yeah. And they've wasted money on Ross Stewart, haven't they? Because they've been told now he might. I think Paul said he might not be available until early October. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit, Paul? Where have you where have you spotted that up? Also, Dean, welcome along. Drop Dak and put Burstow in. Yeah, we'll talk about Mowbray's issues with the players that we've got coming in, but we'll we'll talk about the the top six chances now. Then, um, yeah, Stefan. Yeah, I saw the it it actually came off a journalist I follow at um, Southampton and Russell Martin was talking about it, and they, according to him, um, they're going to give. Ross Stewart actually until October. Okay. Uh, to actually give him game time. Okay. Got to get over his injury. So they they're not basic, they're not buying him to go straight into the first team squad. They, they they were fully aware of that from day one. Yeah, they were they were fully aware of it. Okay. I I do kind of feel like we've we've. We've profited massively from getting rid of Ross Stewart in in the the current condition. If I'm being brutal about it, it like yes, I absolutely rated his time when he was fit and playing for our club. It's one of those things where I think it was just right for him to go. The communication from Sh why are we still talking about Ross Stewart, man? He's gone. <laughs> but yeah, the the communication from him since his injury through to when he actually got sold, he didn't speak to us once, and he sends out this PR piece that's written, which feels like it's come from his agent or his um his his mom or something, uh, and not him, because the first thing he does when he joins Southampton is, I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Let's go. Cool. 
that kind of blandness. He could have quite easily put his phone on and recorded himself saying, I'm looking, uh, I'm having talks with the club about the, my long term future. That's all we would have needed. And then and we would have settled down quite a bit on Simon Ross Stewart, do this, do that. And it's like, we just caused turmoil with him being there. And I think him going and these new lads coming in is going to be massively beneficial. Like, there's no more dissenters in the club. There's no more. There's no more real reason for people to get livid. There's a couple of players that come out of contract at the end of this year, but they've got a full season ahead of them before that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and the statement he said when he joined Southampton, in it, I've joined a big club. Oh, it's good to have joined a massive club, which. Yeah, they are quite a big club, Southampton, but they're not as big as Sunderland, are they? I'd say that Southampton are pretty much on par. Southampton are the Sunderland of the South Coast. Yeah. They're literally wearing they're they're right. They're not as big as... I don't know. They've got, I mean, they've got a good history. They've been in the Premier League yeah. for a long no. period. They've got a good uh, infrastructure around them. I do agree they are a big club. I wouldn't say the top six uh, or top ten Premier League no. like long term, but they should be in the Premier League, really. They are in that ilk of, of clubs you'd expect in the top flight, along with us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Paul, what's your thoughts on... The new the, the the shift the overall feeling in the in the back office with the the transfers that we've done. Well, to be honest, I, I can tell now because mm-hmm. um, of the windows shut. Uh, Morbid is actually over the moon, but um, you know he is actually. Well, I think the, yesterday he, he was actually kept asking. Well, some of the reporters actually was keep asking him about. Ross Stewart and that, and mm-hmm. um, Morbury said, you know, the window is done. Ross Stewart's not here now. Why are we still talking about it, him? Yeah. And now it's up to somebody else now to, um, yeah, to, uh, to, yeah, to show us, you know, like what they can do. Yeah, a bit like what Stewart done. Mm-hmm. And do you, I, I do feel like Morbury is the right man to bring that out of the new lads. What, what's your thoughts? Jacob, we have, we have a question to answer as well, by the way, <laughs> after that. But what's your thoughts on the, the overall feeling of the the squad as a whole now that the window's done and dusted? I think now the squad is starting to know each other and that because of the Southampton game, I think the and I think maybe because of Ross going, it's took like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not relying on him, thinking, oh, when he gets better, we could, you know, that you can tell they're starting to gel well together now and yeah, we know how they're going to play, which is a good sign, and I think it's more or less going to be like last season, you know, this season mm-hmm. with the squad we've got. So I'm looking forward to it. We've got some talented players in the team. You, and me, you and me both, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a little bit of a final say on this one, I guess. The, um, I think the mood within like the players, the club, has massively improved since, um. As Stuart, since the players who left left, um, I think there was a lot of dissent and unhappiness from those players that was leaking into the rest of the team. Now that we've got fresh blood, um, everybody's got this 
really clear identity and projection for what they need to do to be successful within their son and career, I think that is very adamant and very straightforward from what Mowbray can teach them and what their their new con the new lads have been promised. If they're able to prove themselves in front of um Mowbray at the training sessions, they're likely to break into the squad. And case in point for that is Chris Rigg. Um I was uh, listening to Roger Rapport about well, on the way to work earlier on, and they were mentioning, like, when Rig goes to his training sessions, he doesn't pull back. He doesn't, like, he doesn't care what his other teammates think about him as long as he's putting 100% effort in. And for me, I really rate that. I think a lot of our players are, are like that now. They all want to prove themselves and want to get the best out of them and the people around them. Evening, yeah. Cappy. Welcome along. So, yeah, I think the mood's changed. It's got better. And I think Southampton was the first step. Now we've had a two-week break with the internationals. The new lads have had time to break themselves into those training sessions, get get to know each other. It's a, it's a nice stepping stone into, into the squad. I think one or two may take the place of the... Um, the team and we'll talk about that just after i've answered uploads question about this <laughs> this Sunderland shirt situation and um yeah it's it's one of those ones where i'm 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 positive like you about where our club's going i think there's a clear plan we we've got time and we've got patience to execute it one bad result might be terrible in the moment, but it's just one bad result and i think at the start of our season's case in point on that we we are going to improve we've already started to improve even the games that we've lost we give out good performances it was just about being clinical and with our recruitment being very attack focused those new lads by the sounds of it you were with burst or like you said in training session every single shot went on target was that right paul every, every single yeah, shot that, went in the back of the net yeah that's what uh Morby was talking about yeah so that kind of that kind of thing that we've been crying out, somebody who's clinical in front of goal, with Rusin, with Burstow, maybe now with Bellingham as well jumping into it with um with Rig firing on form. We I think we've actually just even though we've lost Ross Stewart, I think we've improved with that loss of a really key player. So yeah, I'll talk. We'll talk about um, the Tony Mowbray's decisions that we've we've got to make for the QPR game coming up and the the future games beyond that. But first, uh, uploads asks this question: What is your all time favorite Sunderland shirt? <laughs> so if I can find an image, I'll show you it. But uh, there is a website that allows you to do it. So that allows me to show it. Uh, Championship kits and Sunderland. I don't if I, I don't know if I really have one really to be honest. Uh, I hundred percent do. So it's an away kit. So that that'll kind of I don't know what year it is. Is it home kit or is this kit in general? It it Both. just it just says all time favorite Sunderland shirt. So uh, for me for me right, it, it is a, it is an away kit. Um. If I describe it, I can then start to break down the earth. So it was a veg body kit. It was mainly navy, but it had a red a red stripe and a blue stripe through it. Mm. Um, there we go. I think I remember. It was the Millennium Kit, 1998-99 and 99-2000s. It's an A6 kit with the red collar folded over. 
Um, yeah, I, I really rated this kit. Um, if I can save image, I'll put it straight onto the screen for those of you that want to see it. Mine <laughs> um, would, mine would probably be the. Do you remember the white creamy kit away kit we had? 2010, 2011. It had red on the sides as well. I think it had Tom Bowler's sponsor. Yeah, the the one that would have the uh, Claris, the one that Darren Bent played in. Yeah, Asamojian. Yeah, that I'd say that's my all-time favourite. There you go. I've just popped onto the kit, my all-time favourite kit, this 1999-2000 Premier League kit. If you're looking at the stream, by the way, that's my favourite. It's just look look at how the V in the sponsor is like incorporated into into the shirt. It just like everything about it was thought about, designed really well, and yeah, that's my favorite. So now you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Paul? What's your favorite one? Uh, my favorite one actually is the yellow away kit. The yellow away kit. The one that Barini wore. The, the one that we lost 8-0 in? Yeah, I actually like it. I've, I've still got it downstairs. Oh, no. The one where... That's I know, we the lost 8-0 in the blue kit the season after, actually. Um. So, yeah. Ooh. That like, that yellow kit, I just remember Barini scoring a penalty against Newcastle at St. James's in that shirt. That you... Sunderland winning on penalty. Yeah, and that... and those winning on penalties against Man United. So every time every time you bring up that kit, uh, we will talk about him in in a couple of minutes as well. It just reminds me of Jack Colback. <laughs> That's what I mentioned. Oh. Yeah. I'm playing against him this weekend. Yeah, this Jack. I remember Jack Colback very vividly in that shirt and Seb Larson. I was I, I remember Altidor in that kit as well. I know we shouldn't. We might get. Josie, he wanted a good play, but Josie Altador were in that one as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, to be fair, if you think Sunderland back in the in the history, you don't really think Josie Altador, unless you want to, unless, unless, unless you want to laugh. Um, Nairon Nosworthy was a good player, but he played in that um, that cream, that eggshell with the maroon kit that you mentioned. Jacob is your favourite. That was a Nosworthy kit. Speaking of the devil, <laughs> the one with the navy. Which one's the one with the navy? That's that's a classic. That's a beauty. So Cabby says, bring back Hummel. His favorite is the white and blue FA Cup final kit in nineteen ninety two. I have no idea what that one looks like. So let's look up, load up nineteen ninety two. Have a look. My memory, <laughs> my memory. So nineteen ninety two was the Volks white kit with the zigzag green patterns and the like bus, bus seat cover pattern on the collars. But I think he means the nineteen ninety away kit where it's solid blue, Hummel, and like the red and white collar with stripes over the side. So yeah, this we've had some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Dell, I made some chance for Colbert. We'll we'll listen to them tomorrow. Um, we've had some absolutely beautiful kits. If we're if we're being brutal about it, but we've had we've had some terrible ones too. Mm. I hate actually hated the carry bag one. The carry bag one, yeah. I think that's our. I think that's consistently. I hated it when it came out. It was our championship relegation team kit. Uh, the away kit that season was nice, but I just every time I looked at, it, I just saw Jackie White's market. I'm sorry, but oh, yeah, uh, you know the story book where's Wally 
<laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. So the, the kit I'm currently wearing is the kit directly after that. Uh, no, the kit directly after that, after that. <laughs> and this one... Hey, nine, eight. Uh, no, I'm watching the 90... I'm wearing the 1920. So the one after that was the Death Dak one with the uh, Black Away kit. That's the one that reminds me of Charlie White mainly. Um, but this one was like, if you remember... Children had... with cancer. Yeah. Children with cancer. If I cancer. look down, I can literally see Bet Dak underneath the children with cancer logo like if i uh, look inside and you can see, you can literally if you look inside you can literally see bet dark and then they've slapped the yeah. the thing on top of it it's quite it's really quite funny but it, it is nice now, with this on that season the 1920 season uh, out of all the league one seasons i'd say 1920 <laughs> was my least i know i hated them all but 1920 was probably probably the worst one to be fair we were pretty shit in that one. The 1920 kit? This kit? The kit no, the season, no, the season in general. We were pretty crap in that season, I think. Well, that was, that was the COVID year, I think. So I think COVID, oh. COVID was 2020, 2021. And then we had, which, yeah. So, um, mine is the, so the worst kit, apparently. Or is that your favourite uploads? Because the worst, the worst kit we've ever done is the green kit. And it's literally financially the worst kit as well. The fifteen sixteen kit. I don't know if you remember that one. That one also. That mainly reminds me of Seb Larson, if I'm being honest, and uh, John O'Shea. But we had an absolutely horrific season in that one. We just about survived, and I think they ordered like ten thousand of them and sold maybe five hundred. So that like the final weeks of the season, you could buy that kit, that away kit for a fiver. They they just wanted it out of stock. It was just like nobody's buying it because it looks horrible. Yeah, <laughs> never do green as an away kit. Do it as a keeper kit by all means, but never as an away kit ever again, please. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I had an all away shirt. It was blue from the nineteen twenty season when Charlie White was with us at that kit, right in the middle. Oh, that's nice. That sounds quite nice. Um. The blue wick kit with your home and I had Charlie Wake on the back. Wow. You had a lot of Charlie Wake shirts in Acacia. Um I'm cu I'm currently wearing the yellow away shirt from twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. The one we um got to the final in. Yeah, the season we first went up from League One. Yeah, so so we played in that to beat was it Sheffield Wednesday in the in the Second leg. Sheffield went no, in the I second remember. leg away from home, wasn't it? And we we equalized. They they equalized on goal difference, and then we scored like the ninety third minute from Patrick Roberts. It was in that yellow kit. I mean, I, remember, I mean, no, I think we played in it against uh, Crew at home when we because the Ukraine situation. That's when Ukraine situation started, and we played in that yellow kit. Yeah, I'm not, you might. I'm sure you remember it, but. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, with, with Kitchy, have you ever have really good memories with it or bad ones? And you can only get mm. the memories at the end of the season. So it's like, yeah, the the last League One season with like the faded out. Like when I first came out, I was a bit like, man, that's a bit, that's a bit crap. But now that the season's done and dusted, I, I really, really rate it because of how well we performed in it. And I think last season was a well, very similar. To that. I thought it was a very bang average home kit. The away kit, I really didn't like that near that. Um, blue because it was just a template 
But this season, I think, even though we've got a template and that white collar on the current one, I think we'll have good memories in it, and that will make it a um, a legacy kit for us. That's, that's yeah, that's how good seasons happen, right? Uh, anyways, right. The problem that Tony Morbury has now, right? Would you agree his problem is justifying taking out anybody in that Southampton game for somebody else? Who's coming new? Don't all speak at once, boys. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you agree that's a problem for him? Because or not? Yes. Yes. What about what about you, Jacob? Do you, do you think that would be a problem for you? Yes. For him, for him, for you. Um, I I think it is a huge issue because how do you? justify somebody who's absolutely proven themselves as um 100% um worthy of being in that starting 11 or that finishing 11 and then say oh it's 4-1 apparently he's ahead of me I'm still seeing 3-1 must be on the counter because it's a Southampton corner anyways yeah the the oh it is a counter sorry I'm just watching this this Leicester goal Counter snatched out of it, running one on one with a keeper, just square it. No, he just slots it in the bottom left. He could have passed it at number twenty-two. Oh, that's that's embarrassing. Southampton two games in a row conceding nine ga- nine goals. Sorry, <laughs> right, I'll I'll stop talking about Southampton. It's about it's a Southampton podcast. The problem that Mowbray has, I think, I can't see anybody. Um, Uploads have said Dak can come off and Russian come on. But for me, I think everybody that's played in that game has a has a really good case to say, I shouldn't be stopped. I shouldn't be um, taken out. I'm doing my job. I've done what I've been told. Are you going to reward me for being successful or not? If, if that's the case, I, I don't think anybody would begrudge Mowbray keeping the current squad but then also you've got these new lads that come in that are fit and ready the two or three of them are um fit and ready and raring to go in the in the championship Bar was on the fringe before that Southampton game he's coming into it he's coming into his element Equa was on the fringe before he had that absolutely belter of a game um not Southampton who was before Southampton yeah, it was before Southampton. Coventry. Not the Coventry, not the Coventry game. The the one we won. Oh my God, who did we beat? We played five games and I forgot two of them already. Oh my dears, I'm so bad. Uh, is it? It's not QPR. It wasn't Stoke. Was it Cardiff? No. No, we haven't played Cardiff yet. Oh my God, I I've completely forgot who we've beat. Jesus, help me out. Rotherham. <laughs> Rotherham would be Rotherham at home. Rotherham, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh my God. All right, I, I've slept, okay? I've got a good excuse. I know, I know. Rotherham. So, yes, Equa absolutely shined in that Rotherham game. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have... We have a good dilemma to have, which I don't think we've had for a while. If you if you may recall, every single Sunderland fan, towards, I think it was pretty much 
mid-March onwards, we had an injury list that was pretty much a full team squad for any other team within the championship. The worst point I think we had, we had literally 10 players injured that were first team players. And it's like, what do we do in the case of, of that? Now we've got that depth. We pretty much have two people for every single position and both of them are competing with each other with the exception of one position. And I'll let you guess before I, I shout it out, which position do you think has no competition in it, even though we've got multiple players there? Is it midfield? No. Striker, I'm going to guess. No, no, we've got competition there now. Maybe we've got Russian Burst off, only playing one up front. We've also got Hamia, we've got Mayendo, who could potentially break through, and um, Bennett, but I think Bennett's more of a winger um, competition for Clark and Roberts, so. It is goalkeeper. We've got Anthony Patterson and Nathan Bishop. Nathan Bishop, I think, could be absolutely amazing for us, but it would be at the detriment of Anthony Patterson, and we don't want that. Yeah, uploads goes centre-back, goalkeeper, goalkeeper, goalkeeper. So with, with Bishop, Bishop has the potential of doing exactly the same as what Alex Bass did last season and just literally only play our cup games, which I think is not what he's joined our club for. Or maybe it is. I don't I don't know. But we've we've purchased them. We've also got bass that we can return on loan and purchase. So we have options, but I think we're just going to use Patterson for the foreseeable because he's he's not screwing up. Like he's doing a couple of dodgy passes here and there, but do you know what I mean? Like we've got a we've got a good clear path for Patterson, and I, I think he's the only one that we can say with with certainty he's never going to drop out unless something majorly bad happens. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I would agree with that. Good. Plus, as well, we've, we've got the op- other options at the goalkeeper as well. Yeah, you know, you know, like um, the academy Matt players, Taylor or uh, I forgot the other one, but Matty Taylor could come in. Mm-hmm. No, Kenny's gone, mate. Kenny's long gone. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he went to another club. In yeah, no, I, I remember mentioning him. He could be really good for us last, like towards the late part of the last season if Patterson got injured. And I was like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, left left back. You've got competition for centre backs. We've already discussed. I think that was that on stream or before the stream. We've got we're currently got all nine and um, Ballard there. We got rid of Baff. I think Baff and Ballard, there's some issues, some issues there. But we've got Sealed, Triantis. Um, to a lesser extent, you've got Huggins that can play there. I think he's more likely going to be a right back. But we've got plenty of options at the back that's competing for it. In midfield, we are stacked. There's not one midfielder. Actually, no, I'm going to say it. There's one midfielder that I think would struggle to get a game this season, but everybody else will highly likely get a lot of game time. And that player is um, Taylor. Evans. No, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. I think Corey Evans, when he becomes fit again, he's back in the squad. He, he's he's quality. He's uh, he's level headed. He's a, he's a captain. He's a he's a leader. Um, Skipper. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen Taylor actually on loan. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Corby. <laughs> Corby, who's that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Equa. 
The um, Dan Neil is going to be playing games. Echo is going to be playing games. Literally everybody. If you look on the Sunland players website, like the Sunland website for all the active players, I think Till is the only one that you're like, he's only coming in if if shits hit the fan. Um, he's too. I don't know if he's too young or if he just he's not like what we what we desire at the minute. But Corey Evans, as soon as he fits back in the squad, he just has to be. Um, who's Corby? And uh, Acacia says, by the way, oi, 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 Paul, sorry, I've not said hi to you. Hi, Acacia. Yeah, like I said, I think Mowbray has a really good problem to solve now. It's just, do you it, like? Do you take out Ball? Do you take out Dak to put in these two new lads? And when they're firing, when they're assisting, when they're getting goals, when they're doing their job, at, job, job, not Kobe, job. You can't be saying Kobe now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the like. Forgot Bellingham. I forgot Bellingham was even an option for like me talking about <laughs> midfielders for a little bit because he's just he's just part of parcel of the the furniture now. Um, I can't. I'm kind of glad that the players who've left have left us. And yes, we've talked about Ross Stewart and stuff like that. But the player I'm most pleased is gone because of this like stacked midfield issue is Lahaji Isaac Lahaji could have potentially broke out to the quality level that Equa's performing at now. But the fact that he's just ran away for the money, for me, fine. Bon voyage, Alvidasvian, whatever whatever you want to say it to say off you off your pop. Like I'm really excited to see Sunland play more football this season. And we have had a goal in the 87th minute in the whole Coventry game. It's one one. <laughs> Jack Ross special. Jack Ross, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm just going to quickly load up the uh, predictions game because we have got p- the predictions for um, the content creators. We still haven't got a one from RWA. Brad's ignoring me, so we'll go through <laughs> yours in a bit. Um, the first two games, you can't say Leicester 4-1. Uh-oh. And... <laughs> well, we can go through and get your predictions for the rest of the games um, on the RWA side uh, for that. Um, so yes. Ah. Are you excited for the QPR game? Yeah, fairly confident. I mean, anything can happen though, can't it? So, but I am confident going into it. Um, do you know what my prediction was for the whole game? Mm, no. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I said 2-1, Cov. Uh, I said I said two one Leicester, so I think I've got the result right on the Leicester game and a bang on result already for the whole game. So I'm having a good week with my predictions already. Um, Hull Certainly and Coventry are. are not allowed to have any more goals. <laughs> Stop it! It'd be worse. It'd be worse if one actually happened. <laughs> no, I'm not allowing it, mate. It's not allowed. Pause the game. <laughs> just blow the full time whistle now I know it's like 5 minutes left but there you go um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm confident for the game tomorrow yes I'm going but uh, I am actually confident 
What time do you travel? Uh, train from Sunderland is at 6.44 in the morning. So after this podcast, you're going straight to bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, should we talk about our predictions for that then? Because I've gone for a Sunderland 3-1 win against QPR. Um, I'll go into why in a second, but do you want to reiterate what you've said so far as well? Jacob, what did you say? Yeah, 3-1 uh, Sunderland. As well. So I think we're on a similar ilk and similar mindset. What are you saying, Paul, for the uh, Well, I actually was going to go 3-1, but since you two have said... You, you've allowed, I'm to, you're I'm, allowed to go... If I'm you think that's just... It. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm gonna go four one Sunderland. Four one. Oh, you got. Do you think we're gonna repeat what Leicester were doing to Southampton tonight? Uploads. Uploads is going for three one as well. I think three one's a solid result. And Haley, oh Haley, Hayden Huntley, welcome along. Is saying two nil. Are you saying two nil to QPR? Two nil to Sunderland. I'm presuming two nil to Sunderland because you because your remote your profile picture. Um, the reason why I said 4-1, uh, well, of course, we, we know how Gareth the answer was, was like, so... Yep. Uh, and hopefully, can we play like we did last season? Uh, yeah, our away games. Yeah, 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 okay. Why are you saying that as well, then, Jacob? Why are you? Why do you? Why are you confident in three one? Yeah, Dean's three one as well. We've got we've got literally um, four people say three one. Do you want to revert back and be number five? <laughs> I don't know. I just think QPR will be a bit too much for them, and I think Gareth Ains, I think his formation more hoof football in it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I think against us the Mowbray style. I don't think it'll be. Might be hard to do that water against Mowbray's sort of mm-hmm. formation. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I think you you were all right there with with that as well. There's obviously Gareth Ainsworth, his style of football and QPR's new style of football going forward will be very defensive, very like kind of Queens Park the Bus Rangers. It's just. <laughs> it's not going to be anything exciting. It's going to be counter-attacking football, and we're currently equipped to deal with a lot of teams that like to counter. What we need to be more efficient at, essentially, is being clinical in front of goal, and with these new lads, Burstow, the way you've described, or Morbury has described him in that press conference, I have high confidence that when we get the opportunities or when we're making shots, they're going to end up in the back of the net regardless of how QPR play so they're going to invite us on and we're going to we're going to capitalise on it, that's why I think um, we can we can score we can score pretty much a very similar result against Southampton we could score as many as we have shots but it it's, going to, be, it's going to be a big wall to shoot through, yeah sorry, go for it and it's, I was listening to what Nick Barnes was saying on Total Sport earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Barnes reckons that Patrick Roberts will start, and he reckons at some point in the second half we will get to see Mason Burstall. Actually, he's not going to start. No, 
I, I, I think he'll be on the bench. Got you. I, I think at some point we will see him in the second half. Got you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Acacia says, don't forget my prediction, and I missed it because... I, I yeah I can't read everything all the time because I'm uh, a little bit dyslexic. But uh, she says QPR two Sunderland three. So she thinks we're going to concede a lot of goals in this game. I think two goals is t- too too many for Sunderland, um, especially against a team like QPR. Um, I don't know. Like I've, uh, defensively, we've kept two clean sheets in a row, right? What makes yeah. what makes you feel? And obviously, we're never going to keep clean sheets in every single game. That's just we we would literally become world champions after a couple of seasons. But I think defensively, we're getting better. I know there was a the first two games with um, conceding two goals, two sloppy goals, deflected shots, um, not being switched on in in key moments. Those kind of things were against the run of play and i think we've kind of ironed them out now um yeah yeah i i don't mind if we get a draw but as long as we keep a clean sheet in that draw the worst thing for me would be having another game i know eight goals in a game is fantastic but having another game like that whole whole game towards the end of the season 4-4 you didn't know where you were coming or going with that you couldn't like get overly confident that we're going to win win points in that one it could have ended up like 6-4 it just felt like a game on FIFA um, those kind of gaps defensively yeah they're good to watch when you when you're like seeing all these goals flying in but it's better to see your team winning right than to see seven yeah. goals then i will be interested what Mobile does though because fair enough we've got a game tomorrow but mm-hmm. we've also got a game on Wednesday Hmm. That is. It. I di- I didn't think about the short turnaround as a, a potential option. By the way, they were unlucky. Um, upload says that I don't care as long as we get three points. Well, I've been busy today. How am I doing? I'm doing really well. Rad to you, by the way. Welcome along. Doosh. We have. We have a better that that short turnaround between the Saturday game and the Wednesday game. I completely. F- Got that was an option. So you, Mowbray could promise a rotation in players, and that could potentially like ease his burden, and then say after those two two games we'll reevaluate our game plans. We've got reasonable opposition in these next two games, right? We we should on paper beat both of these teams because we're above them in the table, right? Black uh, QPR yeah. and Blackburn. So yeah, uh, where where Q, Blackburn are currently well. They are Blackburn. Blackburn are fourteenth with seven points. We're matched on points with Blackburn, and QPR are seventeenth uh, on six points. It's a tight table, do you know? Not <laughs> we're not as confident as we should. We're more confident than we should be because there's literally like five teams on seven points, mm-hmm. and uh, we could drop down. We could drop as low if with a horrible loss. We could drop as low as eighteenth. So. Yeah, yeah let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've got to beat QPR first and then nah. start building think, the gap we'll between the top and the bottom half of the table. <sighs> yeah. I just think Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn might score against us. Who's Jimmy oh, Dunn? 
he was um, he was actually at Burnley. Actually, we we actually had him on loan uh, at one point. He's a centre back. Why? Why would a centre back be scoring against us in QPR's format? QP, QPR do not send He's their centre back. Yeah, but QP, QPR don't send their centre backs forward like of any and under any circumstances. They're regimented. Yeah, Equa, baby. <laughs> uh, I think Equa could be the new Dan Neal. He's, he's, I think he's going to be consistent. This, did we mention it on the stream or was it before the stream uh, about Jim Matete? I think it was before Jacob. Yeah, Matete. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's. I think he. They say is he injured till? Um, I think they said is it October or. Summit. Yeah, but Fine. yeah, the 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 likelihood of him coming back into this current squad is quite slim, even yeah. when he's fit. We've got players that are, are proven themselves, and and yeah, well, like why would we put somebody who's like eighty percent likely to get another injury back on the pitch when you've got people who are flying at hundred percent and and growing? I mean, that mm. makes. Very little sense. He was good. I know it's League One, but he was good in League One with Tay. But do you think he could do it in the Championship? Absolutely, mate. I think he's done it twice in League One now. He did it with us and he did it with Plymouth Argyle last season. So um, I absolutely think he is at least mid table Championship quality. Um, he's definitely top flight League One quality. He's proven it twice in a row. So. Um, whether he's ready for us, if we're like top part of the championship quality, like we're expecting from our players now, then it might be a good thing to sell him. Maybe Pierre Equa. Woo. <laughs> um. Yeah. Should we talk about? Let, the, should we talk let about? Let me the... guess. You're happy with um, Mowbray's um, extension? Oh yes. hell yeah. Yeah, well, I don't Absolutely. know. What, I don't understand what clause it was in his contract to trigger an extension. Is it just him going, "I'd like an extension to my contract, please"? Is, like, what, what was the condition around triggering that clause? Um, but I, I but think it here. was um, the way we finished uh, last season. So it's been well known about for a long time. Yeah, and Morbid didn't have no idea. Uh, that was actually getting extended until uh, Jack Clark told him in Dreden. Uh, so that is just really bizarre. Why does Jack Clark know about his manager's HR files and co- like employment contract? It's just a weird industry, right? Like, where else would you ever expect your manager's information to be leaked? Southampton. Oh my god. Southampton tonight. Um like I said, we're watching the Southampton game at the same time as this podcast's going on. They've just been so lackluster in the final third that every time they're having a shot, it's hitting bodies. I've got some news for you. Edward Mishu has joined a Turkish club and someone screenshotted Ahmed Diallo's comment of Mishu's post. And he put Sunderland with a question mark with a sort of tear face emoji and a shocked emoji, like an emoji with a hand over mouth. So <laughs> does that not tell you something about Diallo? It tells you something more about Diallo than it does Mishu, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. Could be a sign that he's coming in January or that he would like to come. 
I, I genuinely like with Manchester United right now. I don't understand why players are sticking around. It just seems very, very toxic. They've had like a player every single, every single year so far be an absolute scumbag. They've had, plus, they've had a rapist. They've had a, a domestic abuser. They've had a, a an assaulter. They've just it's just we can't say I'll have. We no, can't we say can't, much. We had a, we've had one we had horrible. We've, no, we've had a horrible. Yeah, we've had a horrible individual, but they have a new one every single year. But it doesn't define Man United fans, though, does it? Or... No, 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 no. I'm not saying okay. that. I'm not saying it's on the fans at all. I'm just saying like there's got to be something about their culture that needs fixing, and <laughs> he'll shoot, he'll score, he'll save your Labrador. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just the, the 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 chat's having a bit of a rave. That kind of culture. Why would Amadiola want to be a part of it? Other than they are a Premier League club with a really big, good infrastructure, but you've got people around you that are just horrible people. Yeah, you've got the compete Paul opposite end of it with Rashford. Rashford is probably one of the like most decent human beings in, on the planet. But then you've also got you got Anthony. You got. Greenwood, you got. Is it Mason? Is Marshall at Man United or not? I think Marshall was a used to it, man. I'm not sure if he used to it, Man United. Andy Marshall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a he's like is he? I think he's in like a decent guy. I don't think he's a twat like. Yeah, but like it, it's like you get that you can't you can't know the nature of the the people you're. Oh shit! Did you say for? What did you say for Leicester-Southampton, Am? I said 2-1 uh, to Leicester. It's 4-1 now. Yeah, I know. So I've got the result right. I just oh. haven't got the scoreline. So that's two points for Jesus. me. I'm, I'm happy with that. I've got seven points in two games. I've, I've, I've doubled what you got last last week. <laughs> Vardy got the first goal. I, yeah. didn't know, I didn't know he was... I thought he was too old. I thought he was in a retirement home now. Yeah. So um, we are starting to come up to the hour. So I want to do one final big call out for a discussion topic, and that is how how well do you think our September like run of games will stead us for the rest of the season? So we we mentioned it very briefly. We've got four more games. We've got the QPR game tomorrow, which we'll be doing the watch long for. Then the Blackburn game, Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday. For me, all of those games on paper, we should be picking up as many points as possible. Um, if I was being cocky, I think we should have a perfect month of 15 points out of 15. That's unrealistic, but... We should be aiming to get as close to that as possible. If we hit 15 out of 15, yeah. we're, we're hitting the top of the table, right? Yeah. Next month's going to be a lot more challenging with the likes of Watford, uh, Stoke, Leicester and Norwich. But this season on paper... Borough as well in October. Yeah, Borough in the dumps now, right? Yeah. At least we're not Borough. At least we're not Borough! <laughs> Like, well, by the time we play them, they'll have a new manager. Oh, yeah. If we. I, I, mm, oh, they might be, we might be the bench. first. Yeah. We might be the first team to lose to Middlesbrough. So we can't get cocky. 
Yeah, I know. I'm not saying. I'm saying. I'm trying not. I'm trying to be as level-headed as possible. But if you're looking at squad depth, squad squad strength, momentum, morale, all of that, Sunderland should be beating the next four opponents on paper. Yeah, we should be. So, I, if have we ever had, have we ever had a perfect month, like? Alex, well, April 2022, when Alex Neil, we had a proper good run with him, didn't we? Yeah, we had a 17-game unbeaten run, but I don't know if we had, like, a perfect month of maximum points. Did we? Mm, it's been, so. if, we if, if we have had a perfect month, it's been a while. Let's put it that way. So I want our September to be the perfect month. It's Everybody's raving about how good Sunderland are, the model's working... And the problems that we have are good problems to have a failure. As Paul knows, my local rival, Sheffield Wednesday, are going to be at that game. So you might see yeah, me on TV. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday win. Sheffield. <laughs> Unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> uh, on Sky, that one, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, do, do, you, do you think this month is going to be our defining month for the rest of the season? Nope. No, nope. why not? Still, still fair. Did you say it's still early days until May? Oh, it's really? Yeah, it's massively early days until May. But if you get fifteen points out of a possible fifteen in a calendar month, that makes you, you that makes you a threat, right? Mm. So you can sort of see where teams might be finishing. Sort of. Yeah, the trajectory of teams. Like, they've obviously got the January transfer window. The most important month historically, by the way, is March. If you have a poor March, you have a poor season. I thought April's quite defining as well, because that pretty much confirms who's gone, de- who's going down, who's staying up, who's going promoted, you know, all that jazz. Well, April for us last year, we kind of rescued it. It's a 5-1. Almost 5-1, sorry. So, so yeah... Um, We've got, was it, four games in, in 12 days? 13 days? So I think follow up come the end of those. We're getting 15 points. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be fucking chuffed. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Um, what about you, Paul? What do you think? Is it going to be a defining month if we do maximise points, or do you think it's just going to be um, too early to tell, like Jacob? I think it'll probably be too early to tell, but I think um, knowing what Morbid will be like, uh, he probably have on his board um, to look at potential how many points mm-hmm. you know we, we'll actually get this month. Yeah, um, and also if you look at stats, by the way, we I think the most wins we put together last season was three. Am, am I right now? Yeah. Starts last season. I'm just pulling up last season stats now. Um, also, September 22. Southampton's got a red card. The most wins we strung in a row last season was two. Two. Uh, we had a long streak of unbeaten games, but um, winning more than two games in a row was very, very rare. So. If we win tomorrow, we've already beaten that record from last season. And I think, yeah, 
we've got a good season ahead. So, yeah. I mean, well, Borough, I think, you know, because we're talking about Borough but, uh, a bit back. Yeah. They, they've got some, say they've got some quite tough games coming up now. Well, games that they should be, well, at the Blackburn, they've got Wednesday away, and then they've got Southampton at home. This is, you know, and then Watford at the end of September away. So, I don't know. It's not looking good at the minute for them, is it? No, it's not. not. Still not still, no, if you were a Borough fan, you'd be thinking, what the fuck's going on? So, what are you talking about? So, that's two results I've got bang on, get in. No, it isn't. You said 3-1 to Coventry and 1-1 in this Leicester Southampton game. Stop lying to me, mate. Stop lying to me. <laughs> Why are you always lying? He's going to edit this bloody comment now to me, isn't he? So he can go, look, I told yeah. you. I told you. Yeah. There'll be a knob cheese. Oh, he's doing, it, he's doing it as we speak. What? <laughs> I can literally see Hull change from zero to one. That's funny. You did. <laughs> Absolute clip. It, it, you do know it says at the bottom, edited. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pull the wool over arm size. Look, look sorry, you can see it on here. Uh, it, it won't let me zoom. But you can see the word edited at the bottom and you literally saw it change. <laughs> I'll admit, I got. I said two one Coventry, and I said two two in the Southampton Leicester game. So I'll, yeah. I'll happily accept defeat in those games and get him a prediction. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, the the fact that he's trying to pull the ball over my eyes is funny. Um, yeah, I'm happy with this. I'm chuffed that we're going to be playing some good football tomorrow. Uh, we'll wrap it up there because we're over the hour. So. Um, catch you on the watch along stream. Um, try not to um, fall asleep during the game because waking up at six o'clock is horrific. Paul, enjoy the match. <laughs> I'll enjoy a long trip down to London. And um, I'm guessing Jacob, you're you're coming on tomorrow with the watch along. Hopefully, Cabby's going to be there as well. And uh... probably we won't have issue with who's who's ahead of who, who's at. It's one of them things on the fire stick, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Catch you then. Well, lads. See you next week. Well, lads. FTM. <laughs> bye. Bye. Six nil Sunderland from Ted there. Nice. Bloody hell, Ted.